0: Welcome to the P. Vine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, so that we can help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. You can always join us in person each Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 here on our beautiful campus in Rock Spring, Georgia. Let's talk about good to know. I started a sermon series a few weeks ago, Uh, entitled Good to Know. I'm letting you submit questions that you think would be good to know. It's Bible verses or topics. We've talked about heaven, eternal security, dealing with regret, living in the world, but not of the world, various things. Go back and catch up with all that on the app, the p City app. You can go back and listen to all those sermons. But today I wanna deal with this subject and that is find your gift. Find your gift. Several people submitted questions about spiritual gifts. So I wanna take today in what really should be a sermon series, I want to take today and try to preach a sermon and cover this topic of spiritual gifts. Before I do, let me, let me tell you a story. A fisherman in the Philippines uh, might have discovered the largest natural pearl ever found. He found it a few years ago and he found it while diving and he, he did this huge pearl out of a clam and he, he put it under his bed. And the pearl's existence was just... Uh, revealed by a tourism officer in Porta Princesa in Palawan. I think I'm saying that correctly. And she says the fisherman's one of her relatives and discovered a giant clam, this pearl in a giant clam, and he kept this pearl as a good luck charm under his bed, but he was moving, and so the thing was so heavy, he gave it to her for safekeeping. As a matter of fact, it was so heavy, it weighs... Seventy-five pounds. There's a picture of it. Seventy-five pounds. It is two feet long and one foot wide. That would make it by far and away the largest pearl ever found in a giant clam. The current world record before this pearl, the current world record, was discovered in the 30s off the same coast, and a diver actually lost his life retrieving the pearl and it's now called the pearl of Allah or the pearl of Lao Tzu and it was discovered in the 30s and get this, that that pearl that was discovered in the 30s it was the largest pearl ever found weighed 14 pounds and it was valued at 93 million dollars in 2003 14 pounds 75 pounds he had it under his bed. <laughs> under his bed for a decade. If a 14-pound pearl in 2003 was worth $93 million, this is in all probability a half a billion dollar pearl. You aren't impressed. A half a billion. Billion, say it with me, billion was under his bed. I don't believe in thievery or anything, but <laughs> under his bed. He kept a hundreds of millions of dollar treasure under his bed for 10 years. Now, you wouldn't do that, of course, but when I talk about buried treasure, there are a lot of Christians who have a buried treasure, and your buried treasure is your spiritual gift. Now, when I talk about spiritual gifts this morning, a lot of you don't know anything, have no idea what I'm talking about when I say a spiritual gift. As a matter of fact, when Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 12, he wrote it to people just like you and me who didn't know anything about spiritual gifts. I love how Paul starts off verse number one. He said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant Paul said, listen, y'all are dumb when it comes to this thing of spiritual gifts. And I get it. Like, because we don't know a lot about it in our day. Because here's what happens in our day. Because of the televangelist world we live in, you have some groups that talk about spiritual gifts too much. And you have some groups that don't talk about them at all. And both wind up ignorant of what spiritual gifts really are. Listen to me this morning. Spiritual gifts are important to your fulfillment in the Christian life. There are times in the Christian life that you, feel, that you feel disinterested in the Christian life, it could be a spiritual gift issue. There are times in the Christian life that you feel dry in the Christian life, it could be a spiritual gift issue. There are times in the Christian life that you feel uh, uh, disengaged or far away in the Christian life, it could be a spiritual gift issue. So I want to take this morning and I want to give us a little bit of knowledge about what the Bible says about your spiritual gift and how you implement that. For your walk with God. So, would you stand with me as we read God's word? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I really need to read the whole chapter, but for time's sake, I'm not going to. But look with me in verse number four, and I really would encourage you reading the whole chapter when you go home. Verse number four There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit, to another faith, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, interpretations of tongues, but one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing each one individually as he will. Verse 12. For as the body is one, has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Thank you, you may be seated. I'll stop there for time's sake. This is one of the most exhaustive passages in the Bible about spiritual gifts. There's two or three others, and I'm gonna show you those in a moment. But before we start off in the sermon, let me tell you what you need to know. Here is the definition of a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a supernatural ability given by God to the believer for the purpose of serving the body of Christ, the church, and the kingdom of God. Now, when we talk about it being a supernatural ability, that doesn't mean you can fly. That doesn't mean bullets, what is that, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, faster than a speeding bullet. That's not what it means. It means it is a gift that you cannot earn on your own, you cannot learn on your own, but it's given to you by God, a supernatural gift. But it's given to you at the moment of salvation— And it's given to you for the purpose of building the church and the kingdom of God. So having that mindset of a spiritual gift, let's talk about what Paul says. Number one, here's what Paul says. Everyone has a spiritual gift. Look look what he said in verse number seven. But the manifestation or the display of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Each one for the profit of all. Every person, when they become a Christian has a gift given to them by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit of God is actively measuring out gifts in order to strengthen the church and do the work of God. The Holy Spirit's, one of his roles is, part of the triune God, is to measure out gifts to the believers so that the church can do the work of God. He says that in verse number 11. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he, the Holy Spirit, wills. The Holy Spirit is busy giving out gifts. Here's what the Holy Spirit knows that you don't know. The Holy Spirit sees the big picture of the church and the kingdom of God. He knows what you don't know. He sees what you do not see. He is working to accomplish a purpose that you don't understand. But and So the Holy Spirit, looking through space and time, knows exactly the gift he needs to give you so you can make an impact for the kingdom of God. Get this. Through Peavine Church. When Paul is talking about the body of Christ in 1 Corinthians 12, he is speaking of a local group of believers, the local body of Christ. And he gives those gifts to each one, everyone who's a born-again believer, for the benefit of the work of God through the church and for the kingdom. Here's what that means. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, that means you are an important part of of the work of the church. You are an important part of the mission of the church, that you have a role to fulfill for the kingdom of God, for us reaching every person in Pivon City that Dan talked about a minute ago. You have a role in that. That means you have a purpose beyond just surviving day by day. Here's what that means. That you're designed by God to live a life of meeting. so at the end of your days when you stand before the judgment seat of Christ, every one of us has the opportunity to hear from God, well done, good and faithful servant. You say, well, I don't have a chance at that because I'm no Billy Graham. Here's the great thing about that. When you get to the judgment seat of Christ and you're judged for the life you live for Jesus, you'll not be compared to other people. God will ask you, what did you do with the gifting he gave you? You know what the great thing about that is? That God is not going to put Billy Graham on a pedestal and say, all right, how'd you do to Billy Graham? Did you win as many people? To, no, you go to the back of the line. How'd you do to Billy Graham? Nope, go to the back of the line. Hey, did you? Nope, go to the back of the line. No. God's not going to put Denny on a pedestal and say, you as good looking as Denny? Nope, go to the back of the line. You as muscular as Denny? Nope, go to the back of the line. You sing like, nope, go to the back of the line. No. I don't be compared to anybody. God's going to say, here's what I gave you. What did you do with it? And we're told the parable of the talents. Some he gives one, some he gives two, some he gives ten. Talent doesn't mean physical talent. It was a money reference. But but he said, hey, some some have been given more. Some have been entrusted more responsibility. All you're going to be judged on is what did you do with what God has given you? You have a purpose. God has a plan for your life. And God wants you to fulfill what he has called you to do. Every now and then I have to cook at home. Just not much, but... Sherry does the vast majority of cooking, but like every now and then she's a realtor. She'll have to show houses at night. And so it happened one day this week, uh, I had to cook a meal at home. And we do those like HelloFresh meals where they ship you all the ingredients, you know, to your house. And then you cook them. And I'm no cook. I can grill a little bit. Not great at it, but I can grill a little bit. When it comes to like in the house cooking, not so good. And I can follow a recipe. And so she was gone one night this week and I followed the recipe. And, and I cooked it and I was real proud of myself. I have a hard time doing two things at once, like boiling water and salting something. I have a hard time with that. I need to be really simple for me. And, um, matter of fact, when we, when I have to cook, I don't look for the best tasting meal. I look for the simplest directions for me to follow. Cause I'm not really good at it. And I cooked one night this week and, uh, she walked in the house and just had it finished when she walked in the house. And when she walked in the house, um, I looked down and I had a packet of Parmesan cheese left over. So I, I didn't know why? And so I, I, went, I went to the directions and I got them out of the garbage can. I, I looked at the directions and somewhere early, like point number two, I was supposed to put Parmesan in a, like a bread. Anyway, I didn't do it. And I was trying to fool her. I was like, hey, and so finally to top it all off, you just sprinkle Parmesan cheese on top of your chicken and it's great. And I finally said, actually, I forgot to put it in the chicken. So let's just see what happens. When I cook, Sherry comes home and she's like, you are the I I love you so much. Thank you for doing this. She's not impressed with my cooking at all. What she could do, but she doesn't do, she could go, Joel, I appreciate this, but this is not Iron Chef quality. Joel, I appreciate this, but Bobby Flay would have cooked his wife so much better food than this. You say, why didn't she do that? Because she knows my giftedness is not Bobby Flay's giftedness. Here's the deal at my house. We're just glad if I don't kill us, we're happy. If I don't die from, from some kind of botulism created, if I don't put arsenic in the food accidentally, she is just thrilled with that. If it tastes any good at all, if the chicken is done, she is very happy. Now I'm going to be honest with you, Bobby Flay's wife expects more. What we expect at my house is if I don't die, it was a win. Why? Because his giftedness is different and better than mine. And I'm not judged according to his giftedness. I'm judged according to my giftedness. And that is exactly what will happen when you stand before God. God has gifted you. Every person has a gift or gifts, and you will be judged by your giftedness. Let me tell you the second thing Paul tells us, and that is this. All spiritual gifts are not the same. Here's the great thing about spiritual gifts, that what we are gifted with is not the same. The Bible says there are diversities of gifts. Why? Hey, look this way. I love this. God is placing us all together in pea vine, so that we can fulfill the mission he has for us. I love this. You say, preacher, how are we going to reach Peavine City with the gospel? I tell you how we're going to do it. We're going to do it as each one of us fulfills the giftedness God has given us inside uh, the, the structure of Peavine, the local body of Christ, the church. As we all deploy our gifts for the gospel's sake, we can reach 497,000 people with the gospel. Here's some things. Paul said, He said, Number one, we all have, we all have different gifts. You need to know that, verses five through seven. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. There are different things. Your giftedness is not mine. Mine is not yours. Yours is not your wife's. Yours is not your husband, parents, kids. We all bring different giftedness to the table. Second thing that tells us is this. Gifts, talents, passions, and abilities are not the same, but God can use them all. Now hang with me right here. You say, well, I have a talent. That's my gift from God. No, no, it's not. For for example, you may be able to sing, and your singing is a talent, but it is not your spiritual gift now God can express his gift through your talent but your talent is not your gift God can express his gift through your singing but your singing is not the gift you have a talent and it should be deployed for the kingdom of God but it's not your spiritual gift not only that you have a passion you may have a passion for some kind of service. You may have a passion for some kind of ministry. Maybe you have a passion for kids or preschoolers or students or worship or evangelism or whatever it may be. The list goes on and on. Maybe you have a passion for the poor and for the needy. And for, I don't know. Whatever your passion is, your passion is not your spiritual gift. But your spiritual gift can be used through your passion. You probably have an ability. Your ability can be deployed for the kingdom of God. You say, what do you mean? Well, maybe you're a handyman. You, you can do things that can be used in the kingdom. Maybe you're an accountant. That can be used for the kingdom. Well, whatever, an ability is a learned skill that you may have. That is not your spiritual gift, but your spiritual gift can be expressed through your ability. And when you really find synergy in the Christian life, is when your talents and your passion and your ability and your giftedness are all operating together for the glory of God, you can make a difference. Well, what are your spiritual gifts? And I just have to hit these quickly. What are the spiritual gifts? We find the majority of them in Romans 12 in 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. Don't try to write these down, uh, but I'll just read them to you quickly. Exhortation or encouragement, giving, leadership, mercy, Prophecy, service, teaching, administration, apostle, discernment, faith, healings, helps, knowledge, miracles, prophecy, teaching, tongues, tongues, interpretation, wisdom, apostle, evangelism, pastor prophecy, teaching, that's more evangelist than it is evangelism. You say, well, you went through that quickly. I, I did. You're going to see different lists in different places called by different names. You have to have some understanding of this. Some of these, word, some of these Greek words need a better translation than what you're even seeing on the screen. Some have been uh, maybe perverted or, or, or confused by current theology. For example, uh, I don't believe tongues. Neither the Bibles teach that tongues is a unknown heavenly language, but it's a known language, and so that's a whole other sermon uh, for that. So some of those need some explanation. However, your gifts are on here somewhere. You may have at least one. You may have more than one. Chances are, if you're faithful to the one, God will add more to it. Now, just because you have the gift of, uh, of leadership, for example, doesn't mean you're a great leader. It means God has placed within you the, 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 the possibility of working out your leadership gift. That's why the Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It doesn't mean work to be saved. It means you've been saved. Now you've got to work it out and flesh it out. You've got to grow in the body of Christ. And so it is with our spiritual gifts. Number four, how do I know what mine are? Let me give you six ways to know what yours are. Number one, study them. Dive into Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. Dive into Ephesians 4. Number two, search your own heart. What does your heart lead you? Number three, take a test. We have, in Christendom, developed spiritual gifts tests. Now, here's the thing. The great thing, I announced C4 starting September 8th. When you go through the C4 uh, uh, track, here's what you're going to discover. We're going to help you find out what your talents, passions, abilities, and giftedness is. You'll actually take a spiritual gifts test in there that we will help guide you. And here's how you ought to implement that for the kingdom. Look for fruit in your life. Wherever you see God working may be your giftedness. Listen to what others say about you. We're not very self-aware. Did you know that? You know why, I've, how I know that? Because I've watched American Idol. Right? We're not very self-aware. Sometimes ask somebody other than your mama what she thinks your gifting this is. And number six, pray. If you want to fulfill your purpose God has given you, Find your spiritual gifts, find your passion, use your abilities, use your talents, and put them all together for the kingdom of God. And the third big thing I want to tell you is this. Your giftedness is important. Spiritual gifts are not some cute or peripheral doctrine of the church. Your giftedness is incredibly important. Listen, your purpose matters. Why does it matter? Number one, your giftedness completes the church. Look what Paul said in verse 12. First, the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also his Christ. And I know we use the word body there a lot, but here's what that means. Do you know the church is not designed for everybody to be a paid staff member? As a matter of fact, our, our job as staff is not to do the work of the ministry. Our job, I'll show you that verse in a minute, is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. So how are we going to get the job done? The church is designed to function as a body with everyone doing their part for the mission of God. Now get this. Hey, please look this way. I don't want you to miss this. If you don't do what God has gifted you to do, no one can take your place. Here's what we're prone to do in Christianity. Well, I need to take some time off. Somebody will teach that class. I don't feel like working, you know, in the church. Somebody else will pick up the slack. Here's what Paul said about that. We didn't read it, but here's what Paul said about that. Metaphorically speaking, in the body of Christ, you may be the left ear of the body of Christ. And the left ear can't say, well, if I don't do the left ear's job, somebody else will do the left ear's job. Because only the left ear can do what the left ear is supposed to do. You may be the big toe. And you may be thinking... Well, if I don't do the big toe, there's there's four other toes, but you know what you discover is that you need a big toe. Somebody told me in the other service they they were the kidney stone of the body. And I get that too. I've, I've met some of those. You've all been gifted to serve the church and what you do is important. Here's why. It completes the body. And the way we make a difference is using a gift. Number two, here's what we know no gift is more important than another. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually necessary. See, just because I'm on stage doesn't mean it's the best gift. Just because someone is the leader doesn't mean it's the best gift. People tend to think, well, those people on stage, that, that's the gift. No, no, that's just happened to be what God called man on stage to do. Or the pastor, no, that just happens to be what God gifted me and called me to do. Every single gift for the body of Christ is important. And then number three, your gift has a purpose. What is the purpose? Ephesians 4, 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Your gift is needed for the work of the ministry. The mission and vision that God has called Peavine to to reach every person in Peavine City. Let me tell you this. You are necessary. Why? I think God is supernaturally placing together a group and body of believers that can fulfill a mission that's bigger than us. And then you're important for growing and building the church. Ephesians 4.12 says for the edifying. It literally meant to build a house. For the building up of the house of God. For the building up of the body of Christ. How do we reach more people so that we can reach more people? So that we can reach more people? So that we reach more people. Why are we trying to reach so many people, uh, preacher? Because hell lasts for eternity, that's why. And we want to rescue as many as what we can. And your gift has a purpose in that. Close your Bibles and I'll finish. You don't need to be here today not knowing your gift. You don't need to be here today not using your gift. You don't need to be here today operating outside your gift. How many of you have ever watched American Idol? Let me see your hand. You ever seen American Idol? Years ago, uh, years ago when it first came on in, Reality TV was kind of a new thing. Our girls were teenagers, and Sherry had forbid all reality TV at home, and so that kind of included American Idol at the time, and so we weren't allowed to watch it. We still don't. Uh, But one Wednesday night, I think it was a Wednesday night, I came home from church, and Sherry was still at choir practice, and the kids were still in the youth, and I flipped on the television on Wednesday night, and American Idol was on, and even though I was forbid from watching it, I looked around I thought, I'm going to see what this show's about. And when I turned it on, this is American Idol. No, this is the first thing I saw when I turned
1: on American Idol. Let's tell you you have a great voice? Um, um no, they don't realize it, actually. They well, don't they, realize it yet? No, but <laughs> my, no, because my um, when I was young, my parents uh like to sing karaoke. I was there with them and sing with them as uh, as a hobby. And wow. what do they do when you sing with them? Um what do I do? What do, what they, do they do? What do they do when I sing with them? Um, they thought I'm okay, they thought I have a chance of, you know, making it to the next level. Great, are, mm. they, are they excited for you that you're here? Um, they, actually, uh, they, would, they would not like it uh, if they hear um, that, you know, I'm missing school to two days in a row. So they wouldn't oh. like it if you got through? Huh? They wouldn't be happy if you got through. No, they would be happy if I go through. Okay. They wouldn't be happy if I don't go through. <laughs> 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 that's, like, that's two days of school. Yes, that's a lot. That's a big sacrifice. By the way, I, I love like, I love singing. I love singing. Of, I prefer singing a lot over a lot of all, like, right, all, you, all activities. What are you gonna say? I would like to sing Ricky Martin, She Bangs. hope We all enjoy it. Okay. All right, let's go. All right. Talk to me. Tell me your name. You blow me off like it's all the same. <laughs> You let it fuse and I'm <laughs> taking away like a bomb. Yeah, baby. Talk to me. Tell me your side. You're switching sides like a Gemini. You're playing games, and now you're hitting my heart like a drum. Yeah, baby. Well, if Lady Luck gets on my side, we're going to rough this town alive. I'll let her rough me up. Till she knocks me out She walks like she talks And she talks like she walks She bangs, she bangs Oh baby, when she moves, she moves I go crazy cause she looks like a fly, But she stays like a bee Like every girl in history She bangs, she bangs Thank I'm you. wasted by the way she Thank you
0: I probably shouldn't have showed that But it was too tempting not to uh, That's the first thing I saw when I turned on American Idol. I put it on pause and rewound it and said, when they got home, I said, you have got to watch. The greatest five minutes in television history. You know, they said, what does your mom think about your scene?' Mamas are supposed to lie. And his mama said, she says it's all right. If your mom says, it's all right, you bad. You real bad. (laughs) Find your giftedness. It may not be what you think it is. and Your job is to figure it out, get busy doing it, operating inside the church, the body of Christ, because you are valuable the work of God, the mission of God, and the kingdom of God. There's not one person in this church that we can afford to say, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some time off. I'm not gonna do what God's called me to do. We, we can't afford that. You me to prove it to you? Let me ask you, which body part do you not want or organ do you not want today? You say, well, I want them all. Of course you do. And we at Peavine need them all, working for the kingdom. Would you stand with me this morning? Our staff is coming. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, don't worry about spiritual gifts. Worry about the greatest gift, and the greatest gift of them of all the greatest gift of them all—is in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life, our staff is here. All you got to do is walk down the aisle. Come take one of these guys by the hand. Don't just come stand. Don't just kneel. Come take one of these guys by the hand and say, hey, I want to become a Christian. They'll walk you through that. Maybe you want to join our church. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week, helping you to apply God's word to your daily life. For more information about p Vine, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and at our website, www.pvine.org. Thanks for listening.